Welcome, and thank you for joining us as we listen to the lively messages of Brother Nick Manzi, a down-to-earth pastor who communicates God's truth in understandable and practical terms as you apply the Bible to your own life. Last week, uh, we looked at that statement, God helps those who help themselves. You remember that? And uh, we noticed that when somebody starts to utter those words, they, they tend to do it in a harsh tone of disdain. Uh, they, they, but that's not going to be the case with the phrase that we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, the phrase that we're talking about tonight is, God won't put more on you than you can bear. Now, these words, they're usually spoken when, when we speak out of deep concern for somebody, some deep compassion for somebody. But th- th- there's no criticism that's implied in that statement like there is in what we talked about last week. There's only kindness involved. But imagine with me for a minute. Go into your imagination uh, box for a second and just follow me here in this little bit of a story. Follow me into a, into a funeral home and just imagine yourself there. And there's this woman that's standing there beside the casket of her husband of 45 years. And she's there and it's visitation time and all the friends are coming down the aisle and they're walking up to her and they're paying their respects and they're dropping their condolences by. And a caring friend of this woman approaches her, hugs her and asks, how are you doing, Joan? And Joan, well, she chokes in her response and says, well, not, not too good, Betty. I'm, uh, I really think I'm losing it. I don't think I'm going to be able to stand this much pain that I'm going through. It's just too much right now. And Betty feels like she needs to say something to be able to console her friend. And so she says, honey, I'm so sorry. I really am. Just remember, God won't put more on, the, on you than you can bear. And so John nods. And doesn't say a word. But then Betty leaves and she's not trying to mislead her friend. She's just trying to encourage her, help her hang in there. And then Joan starts to ponder the words that Betty just talked to her about. She says, well, if God won't put more on me than what we can bear, then what's wrong with me? Because right now I can't bear all this pain I'm going through. Hours earlier... Before the funeral happened, uh, she was standing in her closet looking to find something to wear. And she opened up the closet and she caught a whiff of the unique scent of her husband's clothes. And she fell to the floor and just curled into a fetal position and cried until her tear ducts were dehydrated. She realizes that she's not doing a good job of enduring this pain, that the, the, the weight of this pain is just something that she's having a hard time overcoming. And she thinks because of a statement that was made to her, now she, she thinks that she's not very close to God right now because her, her faith seemingly is not, not strong enough. She's feeling weak in her faith and she can't trust God enough because she's, not, she's still enduring all this pain that she's going through. But she pulls herself together just to be able to speak to her friends. And she thinks she's doing better until she's driving home after the funeral that night. And the song comes on the radio and reminds her of a special memory she had with her husband. And suddenly she's blubbering again, crying all over. She's definitely not bearing it well. 
So she wonders, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? So the problem is that Betty expressed a theological maxim. Let me explain that to you. All right, she's, she made a categorical statement about the character, the nature of God, when she says God won't put more on you than you can bear. And that's what, that, what that's saying is like it's saying that God is holy or God is love, God is just. Those are definitive statements that we could point specifically in the Bible about God and his character. It's stuff like God has promised he'll never leave us nor forsake us. All of those statements are found in Scripture verbatim. But as you search the pages of Scripture, you'll never find the statement that says God will put more, never put more on you than you can bear. You'll never find that statement. So I want to tell you all here, and maybe you could pass it along to everybody who's at past that breaking point sometime in their life. And I know all of us have or will. There's nothing wrong with you. Your pain is more than you can bear and endure alone. It is. God didn't put it there, by the way. I know that. And God didn't do that. And I believe one of the reasons that Christians think the Bible says God won't put, you more, put on you more than you can bear is because there's scripture in here that almost says that. The Bible does say, go ahead and turn. This isn't our text, but you can look at it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. It's a big difference there, isn't it? See, God is faithful. We know that. Amen? God is faithful. Amen? He's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Amen? We know that as a promise that we're given here in Scripture. I just showed you that promise. So I can assure you with faith, oh, the complete faith, that whether you're tempted to cheat or steal or commit adultery or murder through hate or whatever, worry here, whatever it is, we can never, ever say, sorry, God, the temptation was just much more than I can endure. Because that's not what God's word says, does it? God will always make a way for you and for me to escape our temptations. Always. Not most of the times, not many times. He will always make a way for us to escape our temptation. So, then can we say, God won't put more temptation on you than you can bear? Well, no. No, because the Bible also clearly states that God never tempts us. He can't put more than temptation on you than you can bear because he doesn't tempt us to begin with. James 1.13, look at it. It says, James 1.13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. I hope I'm bringing some light to you guys. I just heard a couple of hmms. See, if you have a friend that struggles with sin, you could stand on God's word and let them know that God will not allow them, will not allow you, will not allow me to be tempted beyond what we can bear. So we can resist temptation. 
I want to go back to, let's go back to our saying tonight. God won't give you more than you can bear. Have you ever heard anyone use this pseudo scripture when someone is facing temptation? Not really. See, it's often quoted when somebody's in the midst of some sort of painful trouble. And that trouble may be the form of an emotional or physical or spiritual or relational pain. And we all get there at some time in our life. If you don't believe me, think about the first time you fell in love. We get there. So what I want us to do is tonight, I want us to really carefully consider this question. Will you ever experience trouble, stress, or pressure that is more than you can bear? Let me say that question again. Will you ever experience trouble, stress, or pressure that is more than you can bear? Let's turn to our text. Our text tonight is 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look verses 8 through 10. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10. Are you there? Say amen. amen. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Let's pray. Lord Father, I just want to thank you again for today, and I thank you for this time to delve into your word. And I, Father, I thank you for giving us uh, your word that is our rock we can stand upon, that we can faithfully look towards to be able to have our understanding understanding of you be fulfilled to just to be able to to comprehend so father as we study your word tonight lord father i just pray that you just fill us with the holy spirit that we might be able to learn a little bit more from you tonight and to be able to apply it in our lives so give us your wisdom and your direction as we learn tonight and leave here tonight so we might be able to live for you in the upcoming days we love you lord it's in jesus name we pray amen So based upon our text for tonight, I want us to be able to look at four observations that I found within this uh, uh, passage about God won't put uh, put on you more than you can bear. Four observations to be able to help us with that statement. The first observation I think we find in that passage is that followers of Jesus may experience unbearable pressure. Followers of Jesus may experience unbearable pressure. Let me start and give you a little rabbit trail just for one second. Don't ever tell anybody, Christian or not, that they just need a little bit more faith. Because all of us fall to pressure. Different kinds of pressure, different levels of pressure. But all of us will fall to pressure at some point or not. And I think you and I could unequivocally agree that Paul was a true follower of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. All right, he is a true, follower, a true follower of Jesus Christ. But we can learn from this man who is in Christ. And we see that from this passage, sometimes he faced trouble of his own. He faced pressure that was so severe that he couldn't bear it by himself. You know, he needed some help to be able to bear all that pressure by himself to, that was going on in his life. Look at again to this confession that he did. Verse 8 again. For we do not want to be ignorant, brethren. By the way, you know who's right? 
rightness, right? Paul, the, the apostle, right? It, so Paul's saying, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure. Do you hear that? Burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Some amazing words from Paul right there, isn't it? I mean, Paul could stand in this pulpit today and talk to every one of us and tell us that he's faced so much pain in his life, so much pressure, so much hardship in his Christian walk that he finally had to admit that he was somebody who suffered. He was powerless to even help himself. This is the apostle of all apostles, the missionary of missionaries. And there's been so many times he'll tell you that he's been burdened down with the weight and the problems that are going on in his life that have brought him to despair, that he couldn't bear it anymore. He would even say, I couldn't even be here today if God wasn't there to deliver me. That's what the passage just said. I just broke it down in a little different language, a little simpler English. But then in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 in uh, um, verse 24 through 28, he recounts some of the troubles that he faced. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 24, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides other things. What comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the churches. So you tell me, can we use Paul as an example? Amen. See, Paul told us to follow his example, not just some of it, but he wanted his whole life to be an example. And I think this is another part of his life that we can use in our everyday life to follow him. And you can't deny the fact that Paul bore pressure beyond his ability to endure himself. So the first point to understand is that sometimes Christians hurt so deeply, it is more than they can bear. It is more than they can bear. Now, maybe it's just me, but sometimes it seems like life gets so tough, so, so rough, that we just don't hit rock bottom. We just fall right through rock bottom. Followers of Jesus will experience unbearable pressure. That's our first point for this evening. Our second observation from this passage about this misquote that we're talking about tonight is that this misquote has created unnecessary confusion and guilt. This this misquote has created unnecessary confusion and guilt. 
See, when we say God won't give you more than you can bear, it's usually spoken out of kindness, but it can cause really big confusion, great confusion and guilt in somebody. See, number one, it could create a theological confusion about God because it suggests that God is the one who puts the adversity and and trouble in our lives. It's saying that God is some malicious deity who weighs his children down with pain and suffering. But I don't know about you. My God's not like that. My God's not like that. Let me give you an example. I'm a dad. As imperfect as I am, I would never burden with my children with just any undue suffering. The only time I've ever intentionally caused, my, caused pain to my children is when I had to discipline them. And that goes back to a discussion we had a few weeks ago about sparing around, spoil the child. Remember that message? God sometimes also, to you and me, disciplines his children, but he does so to bring our heart back to him. And as we look at most of the suffering in this world, well, we can see that it comes from evil and from the consequences of living in a fallen world. So God does not put suffering on us. He allows suffering to happen. But God usually gets blamed for every disaster, for every accident, for every bad thing that's happening in this world. How many times have you heard somebody, how could, how could God, if he's a loving God, let those people die in that hurricane? Or maybe you heard someone say like, yeah, well, I just can't believe in a God who allows all those little children to die before their time. Now, the purpose of this message is not to fully develop that topic, okay? That's a sermon for another day. We don't have time for that tonight. But in a nutshell, we have to understand that the reason that sickness is even in this world, the natural disasters are in this world, is only because we're living in a fallen world because of Adam and Eve. Sin exists because we all suffer from the fallout of the fall. So in a way, it's like if I was smoking two packs a day for 20 years and then I get cancer and I say, God, how can you let me get cut lung cancer? I mean, blame sin, blame Satan, blame your bad choices even, but you can't blame God. Cannot blame God. Life is not fair. But God is good all the time. Second is this quote can cause an emotional guilt. It can cause an emotional guilt. It caused broken people to think that they're some sort of second class Christian because they're past that breaking point within their lives. There are thousands of Christians out there who have mental and emotional problems every day. Thousands of them. And if you don't think we don't have any in this church, think again. We're not immune to it. It could be because they have a chemical imbalance. Sure, it's causing them to suffer from critical de- depression in their lives. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's other things. We don't know. But maybe they even heard this theological platitude that we're trying to bring so many times that tells them uh, that, that God won't give them more than they can bear. So what do they do? They end up not seeking that professional help 
Because God, after all, if God isn't going to give me more than I can bear, why do I need to go to get professional help? See, it's the kind of wrong thinking that we can put in somebody's head. I'm not saying it happens every single time, but this is what we have to caution ourselves about. It's true that God won't put more on them that he'll allow, but not more than you can bear. We need to be able to understand that. We need to be able, I read an article recently about a, a, a woman named Ellie Peterson. Ellie found herself suddenly facing a ter- terrible nightmare in her life, and it was uh, all about adversity. So Ellie is a grandmother, and she's watching her four-year-old granddaughter, and they're, they're outside in the front yard playing ball, tossing the ball around, and Ellie throws the ball to her, her granddaughter, and the ball goes over her head and into the street. And so the granddaughter does what every four-year-old wants to do, is go after the ball. And even though Ellie was screaming for her to stop, her granddaughter still runs into the middle of the street. And she never saw the car that hit her. So Ellie was sitting in the ER and uh, waiting for for her granddaughter's parents to arrive. And her good friend from church, Rebecca, comes in and hears the bad news because she heard the bad news. And she rushes to the hospital to be able to console Ellie. And her desire to be able to say something, help, Rebecca says, well, pull yourself together because God won't give you more than you can bear. And the article continues, the words hit Ellie like a sledgehammer. Instantly, thoughts and feelings swirled around her brain until she thought she would pass out. She, she started thinking to herself, was she supposed to bear this? Was she less of a Christian because she couldn't bear it? How dare Rebecca speak so smugly and sanctimoniously to her? It wasn't her granddaughter that was in this pain after all. So shame was added to her guilt and her despair. Grief was multiplied as condemnation and was heaped upon her shoulders all in the name of kindness. See, the danger of this false theological statement is that there are multitudes of people that are under unbearable pressure and they're already past their breaking points or real close to it. Maybe they're struggling with the death of a spouse death of a child, divorce, job loss, cancer diagnosis, unfaithful spouse, maybe a teenager that is arrested for drug charges, a parent with Alzheimer's, uh, people, you know, we can go on endlessly with this list. You get the point here. See, every one of us in this room is constantly surrounded by people with broken hearts. We're surrounded by people with broken hopes. And we're surrounded by people with broken homes. And when these broken people hear that statement, God won't put more on on you than you can bear. Well, they might think, what's wrong with me then? What's wrong with me? So why does God allow me to have un? bearable pressure and experience everything that comes with it. Well, I'd love to be able to give you a simple answer, but I can't. That's something we're going to have to wait to see Jesus face to face for. But we don't need to know everything, do we? 
But I do believe one of the reasons that God allows us to go past our breaking point is because of our third point tonight. And our third point is unbearable pressure teaches me that I can't make it on my own. Unbearable pressure teaches me that I cannot make it on my own. Paul wrote in uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 9 through 11. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Paul basically saying two important things I think we need to learn. And this is so important. First, you and I cannot make it without God. We cannot make it without God. If you remember how we started our text in verse 8 in that same uh, chapter, 2 Corinthians 1. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired, even love life. See, Paul confessed that it got so bad that he despaired even of life. Paul, Paul is despairing even of his life. His pain and despair was so deep, he just knew that he was going to die from this. But then he turned his heart to God and he thought to himself, hey, even if I do die, well, God, my God rises the dead. So praise the Lord for that. So I'm just going to hang on to him. So first, we cannot make it without God. Amen? Amen. But second, we also cannot make it without each other's prayers. We cannot make it without your prayers. See, when people reach their breaking point in their life, they, they think that they could tough it out on their own. All too often, and I can't tell you how many times people will come to me and, and try to uh, release their troubles and, and just let me chew on my ear. And that's okay. Do that. I want you to know you can do that. But we wait too long in the process to be able to get to that point. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be sharing our burdens with one another. And it's not to say that we can do stuff all the time. But one thing we can always do is pray. And let me tell you, if you say you're going to pray for somebody, pray for them. Don't just say, I'm going to pray for you and you forget about it. If you notice, I, if you ask me to pray for you, I try to pray for you right then and there. Because I fully admit, if I don't do it then, I'm going to forget. I will forget. So I want to pray for you right then and there. So don't say you're going to pray for somebody unless you're willing to pray. But you have to also allow others to pray for you by talking to them about your pressures that are happening in your life. See, when people reach their breaking point and they think they can tough it out alone, they realize at some point that they can't, and then they finally call upon the Lord. But part of trusting the Lord with your pain is to seek help right away. Seek prayers from your fellow strugglers. If you're a struggler, raise your hand. I'm a struggler daily. So this is, we're, we're a family of God here. We need to share the burden. It's a, the load is light when, we're, we're, when many people are involved. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 6, 2, that we're able to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
And the law of Christ is what? To love your neighbor as you love yourself. One way we can show how we love one another is being able to help them carry their burdens. You may think, I've got enough burdens on my own. I don't need to be carrying other people's. Well, you find that when you start carrying other people's burdens, your burdens get lighter as well. But don't forget to take all your worries and cares to God because he's the one that's going to take care of it. We just carry it. He takes care of it. Because 1 Peter 5.7 tells us that we should be casting all our cares upon God for he cares for you. Not most, not some, all our cares. That's good, bad, indifferent cares. Everything goes to God. We need to get on our knees and pray to him. Hurting people need love and prayers of others who have gone through some sort of pain themselves. Well, so far, we've seen that followers of Jesus will experience unbearable pressure. We've seen that we need to avoid creating unnecessary confusion and guilt. And we need to learn that the unbearable pressure that we go through actually teaches us that we're not, we can't make it on our own. But here's the most important lesson for, for this evening. God supplies his grace to sustain you in tough times. God supplies his grace to sustain you in tough times. Now, I confess, I used to believe that God won't put up more on you than you can bear. I, I used to believe it and say it to people as if it came right from the scriptures. And it, but I remember it saying one time to somebody who lost her uh, husband unexpectedly. And when I said, God won't put more on you than you can bear, she just put, picked her head up, looked at me and smiled. And she taught me a lesson I never was going to receive in school. She said, I've heard that before. But you know, I never found it in the Bible. As a matter of fact, I found the opposite to be true. I found that at times God will allow us to suffer more than we can bear. Because it makes us depend on him. However, she kept going, I have found that God will never put more on you than God can bear. That's so true, isn't it? That is so true. So using again Paul as an example, he had one chronic problem that never seemed to leave him. It's often called the thorn in his side. And he wrote about it in 2 Corinthians 12. You can turn there. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Then I am strong. 
Through the years, there's been so many scholars trying to figure out what that thorn in Paul's side really was. And his theories from him having epilepsy to sexual temptations to eye problems. Uh, I'm glad we don't know what his thorn was. Let me tell you why. It's because we don't know what his thorn was, we can't apply it to just that scenario. And because we can't apply it to one specific scenario, that tells me that whatever his thorn was, that principle can be applied to any pain we face in our lives. Three times Paul begged God in prayer to take away that thorn from him, but God allowed him to continue to suffer in this thorn for a reason. It made Paul depend on God instead of himself. And so Paul just ended up learning how to live with that thorn. See, Christians, we sometimes go through some tough times, some really tough times. And for some people, tough times seem to last a very long time. But the truth is that sometimes tough times go on and on, but none of us are tough enough to tackle it on our own. So when those times seem to go on in our lives, we need to be a weak person. We need to be weak because weak people cry out to God for help. You know, as I look back on my life, I firmly believe that God did such a powerful work in my life through all the trials that I had, through all the pains I needed to go through. He introduced me to the experience of brokenness. To us, a broken dish is worthless. Or broken uh, television is no good. But to God, brokenness means the vessel is more usable. God uses broken things. He uses broken people. Remember the little boy that had five loaves and two fish? God broke it and fed thousands. Thousands. What about Mary? When Mary brought her perfume to anoint Jesus... It had to be broken before the fragrance can fill the air. And the body of Jesus also had to be broken before you and I could be forgiven. So my personal prayer continues to be that God will use my life to glorify him. But I also realize that I must be broken for him to be able to do that. That's my prayer for me. It's my prayer for you. I pray you feel the same way. So that statement, God won't put more on you than you can bear, it's not in the Bible. But what is in the Bible is that sometimes God will allow you to suffer more than you can bear. But that's okay because God uses us as broken people and God's grace is so sufficient. Amen. Nick Manzi is Senior Pastor of Central Baptist Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida. If you want more information about the church, or if you're ready to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, contact Brother Nick at PastorNickCentralBaptistPSL at gmail.com. God bless you as you go about the rest of your day, and thank you for listening and sharing our podcast.